The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Barnyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hub Day edition of The Yard. A little bit later than I have been here as of late. I've been getting up early. I don't like getting up early, but I've been getting up early. So I get a, hard, a, a bigger start, but we had some news breaking today. We've been chasing that, and uh, we finally have a defensive coordinator. And so we're going to break down the defensive hires. I'll tell you what I think, what I've learned, what I know, what I suspect, what I believe. But Mississippi State still has a couple spots left to fill on the on-the-field coaching staff. Of course, uh, big news yesterday as Mississippi State announced Jason Washington, Gary Green, and Greg Knox are going to be retained. That is big news for Mississippi State. Had a chance to visit with Jason Washington last week at the women's basketball game against Miami. And I can tell you, as a guy that's been around Jason Washington for a few years now, he wears his emotions on his sleeve, and I could see how all this was weighing on him. Of course, uh, Jay Wash married a uh, Starkville young lady, and uh, of course, you know, you don't want to open your life that way, right? I mean, you, you kind of buy on thinking you're going to be here for a while, but uh, the news finally official, and uh, I've spoken to Jason, of course, very relieved, very, very relieved, very happy to have Coach Wash, and of course, uh, Greg Knox, I don't think there was ever any real question about Greg Knox or even Gary Green, and I don't know there was a lot of anxiety about Jason Washington. Uh, but I know Greg Knox has been a fan favorite, and uh, Greg's going to stay on. Uh, Greg's family has been here for some time, and so that's an important aspect of all of this. But uh, Gary Green, a lot of people have told me what a great mentor he has been to your players and also a great conduit for football alumni. You know, to kind of keep those guys engaged with the program and get them around for stuff. That that all is very important. So I'm happy with that aspect of things. So the offensive staff's completely filled out. Uh, Rod Gibson, Kyle Shexmetter, those guys, looks like our recruiting staff, for the most part, will return intact. Uh, that's good. So some continuity with some off-the-field positions. Uh, very excited about all of that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, defensive coordinator hire, uh, uh, Coleman Hutzler from Alabama, and also expected uh, Matt Barnes, the D.C. from Memphis, to make the move to start. But we're going to talk about both of those extensively on today's show. We'll let you know, too, that True Rest Starkville, right? That's uh, our new business, True Rest. Yeah, it's almost here. Uh, already putting the tile down. The pods will be here soon. That's a big day, you know. Uh, had a chance to speak to some football staff about this. They're very excited. They did, didn't understand we're going to have that resource available uh, for recovery. Uh, you can be a part of that, too. You can go follow us on Facebook at True Rest Starkville. Or uh, if you don't do Facebook, if you're not a social media person, you can email us at robertson at truerest.com and uh, find out about our specials. We're running a uh, buy one, get one special right now. We also got a feature on Facebook where if you, uh, if you follow the young lady that uh, has birthed all of my children, if you follow her instructions, you could get a free float. Uh, so be sure and check that out. It's True Rest Starkville uh, on Facebook and Instagram. And, and the wife does a great job on those social media things. Great, 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 great job with every aspect of that. And so we'll continue to kind of work through all that. We'll be open soon. We'll have an opening date for you. 
uh, as they finish the build out here in about 10 days. Yeah, we got to head to Ohio soon. Matter of fact, I'll be recording some shows for you guys in Ohio. We got to go up there and train to know exactly what we're doing. And uh, we're excited to do that. But um, also excited to go grab some Bulldog Burger Company. Yeah, how about that? That's going to be fun. Uh, Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of this show. Great, great, great representation of the fine delicacies available here in the Golden Triangle. The Eat With Us group, man, anytime that people come and say, Steve, hey, let's meet for dinner, let's meet for lunch, I always pick one of their restaurants. And more times than not, it's Bulldog Burger Company because I know exactly what I'm going to get when I go there. Now, my selection of hamburgers may change, but I know the quality of service, the quality of the presentation, the quality of the food, and the price, the portions, it can't be beat. There are a lot of people in a post-COVID world raised their prices and gave you less for more. Not the folks with the Eat With Us group. They didn't do that. They didn't say, hey, we're going to give you that dining experience and you just be happy to pay more. A lot of people out there adding a convenience fee to your meal. Well, how, how am I being convenienced by paying more money for the same food that I had all along? There's integrity in pricing at Bulldog Burger Company and the entire Eat With Us family. Matter of fact, we're going to have our uh, company Christmas party uh, at one of the Eat With Us restaurants uh, next week. Yeah, we love them. We do. And you should too. I mean, it's part of the better part of coming to the Golden Triangle in Starkville is being able to eat at one of those great restaurants. But uh, Bulldog Burger Company, three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Stark Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harper Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. That's a requirement. Uh, trying to make the world a better looking place. They will make you better looking. And get that dessert to go, whether it be the chocolate shake or the bread pudding. Uh, it's outstanding. And every time that I go there, I always leave fulfilled, but also wanting more, right? I think, hey, this meal cycle has passed, and I have been satisfied, but I know that I'll be back at Bulldog Burger Company. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. All right, let's talk about these new coaching hires, right? And that's the thing. It's been one of those crazy things, right? I mean, we have chased this defensive coordinator deal for days, like last Friday, the university confirmed our reporting about the offensive line hires and the offensive coordinator hires and all that good stuff. And, uh, of course, Jeff Levy's going to be the offensive coordinator. We've discussed that at length, but we had that. Like before the, the release, we had that. We had strength and conditioning coach Shaw Williams, and that was eventually confirmed by the university on Monday. And then, of course, you had the retention of Greg Knox. That's the things that we've been reporting. But I'll be honest with you, it's been tough to report on this defensive coordinator search. Uh, this morning, you know, I, people yesterday said, hey, man, this whole thing with DJ Durkin may not be over. So I made some calls about that. Actually got a copy of his contract. Wrote up a piece in the middle of that. Like, I'm publish it. And before I can go distribute it on social media, Coleman Hustler's been named defensive coordinator at Mississippi State. Let me give you a little background here. That's not a new name to me, but it's not a name that I expected to be your defensive coordinator. All due respect to him, I'm not being critical. But last Friday, I was told, hey, Mississippi State's targeting a coach that's coaching a game on Saturday, and they don't want to put it out there because of professional courtesy. So I went through every game that was played by FBS opponents, and I found two connections to Jeff Levy. Randy Shannon was one, Coleman Hutzler was the other. And I'm going to be frank with you, I thought Coleman Hutzler may be a candidate for the special teams coordinator job uh, rather than the D.C. job, but he's going to be the D.C. at Mississippi State. So let's take a look at kind of what Coleman Hutzler's career has, uh, has looked like here. 
it's always so interesting, you know, trying to figure these things out and talk to people. And uh, you never know, especially with a brand new staff, you know. But uh, Coleman Hutzler, uh, originally a native of the state of Vermont, and uh, played his um, played his football at Middlebury College from 2002 to 2005. He was a linebacker and also the captain of the team as a senior, and uh, led the program uh, in career tackles for a while. Uh, then he went to work at University of San Diego as a defensive assistant in 2006. Moved out to Palo Alto as a recruiting analyst at Stanford as part of the 2007 year. And then went to work back on the field in 2008-2009. Next thing you know, he's in Florida, you know, and uh, spent some time there. Also was a linebacker, outside linebackers coach at New Mexico from 2012 or 13. 2014, uh, at special teams guy at uh, Florida. Made some big things happen there. Pretty good coverage units. Also coached some linebackers there. Um, 2015, the outside linebackers coach at Boston College. So you can begin to see this is a coach that has extensively coached the linebacker position. He played the linebacker position uh, and then had to recruit linebackers really from coast to coast, right, in multiple conferences. You know, he goes from Stanford and then winds up at Boston College. Yeah, pretty impressive resume in that respect. 2016, he goes to South Carolina, uh, hangs out with them for a few years, four years at South Carolina, and then spent one year um, at the University of Texas, he was the co-defensive coordinator at Texas. Uh, that was a top 10 defense in some statistical categories. Of course, Tom Herman and his staff get fired. Sark bring their own people in, you know, so that's not, you know, anything. It's a, detri a detriment to his resume. In 2021, he has his first official path crossing with Coach Jeff Lebby. He was the special teams coordinator at Ole Miss. Yeah, how about that? and then went to um, Alabama and has been there as the special teams coach and help coach outside linebackers. So this is a guy, extensive experience as a player and a coach when it comes to linebackers. Has spent a lot of time, of course, um, you know, coaching since his playing days were over. But it's interesting to me. I mean, I don't know how the play calling is going to be handled. That's the thing that the first thing people brought up on our message boards is that, hey, Steve, what's happening here? Right? What's happening here with this coordinator? Uh, I think it's uh, interesting, of course, that Jeff Levy hires somebody else that he's coached with, which is what you should do. Uh, but uh, this is not a guy that I had on my radar as a defensive coordinator candidate. Again, I thought he may be a linebackers coach slash special teams coordinator. But now he's your D.C. And so uh, I trust Jeff Levy. I think you should as well. There's a lot of reaction to this hire. A lot of people are expecting, you know, hey, maybe the Durkin thing will work out. Uh, I, I can tell you it's been one of those deals. From the very beginning, some people told me they didn't know if the DJ Durkin thing would work out. They never really said why. One of the things that I found out today after reviewing the contract, he's in year one of a four-year contract. And uh, there's some language in there that suggests that maybe you can get out of the buyout, but some other people have told me that's not necessarily the case. They're basically holding him hostage. And they want him to work through the bowl game. Well, that doesn't work well for us. That makes no sense for us. 
why would we hire a coach and then him not us not be able to tell recruits and transfers guys that we're going to depend on uh, to turn this thing around next year who their coach is going to be because we couldn't do that uh, but now Coleman Hotzler, your defensive coordinator, and will coach the linebackers. I don't know that he coaches them in totality. You know, under Leach, we had uh, Zach Arnett coached, uh, you know, uh, the Mikes and the Wills, and then Matt Brock coached the Sams, and then special teams, and then eventually he took over the linebackers completely when he became a defensive coordinator. So I don't know how the staff, the staff is going to be structured in that respect or how the play calling responsibilities are going to go down, if it's going to be a collaborative effort. Uh, or if Hutzer's just going to run the show. Don't know. Uh, but what I would encourage you to do is put some trust in your coach. If he's good enough for Jeff Labbig, it's good enough for us. And, and uh, you know, I was told you know, from the beginning that we had the money to pay a quality coordinator. And, uh, and maybe we have, right? Uh, but my point being is that I, I didn't expect a splash hire with a first-year coach. And as I caution people – when we first began to talk about D.J. Durkin, I had some people tell me he is an obvious candidate, but he's not going to be the only candidate. And then you start working through all this stuff you know, as you get through the labyrinth of information and sometimes misinformation. Um, you begin to kind of realize that uh, there's a lot of smoke out there, but it wasn't a lot of fire. And so credit Jeff Lebby and those guys for kind of keeping this thing quiet. And it may turn out to be an amazing hire. You know, what concerns me really about all this is how the play calling is going to be handled and the fact that we're losing so many players on defense. You're going to have, you know, potentially a first-year play caller with some guys that aren't used to playing each other. So I understand the skepticism. I do. But I also know that Jeff Lebby is a guy that knows what he's doing. I know he's a first-year head coach. guy's been around a lot of big-time football in his career. And uh, so I, I am not the kind of person that's going to get out here and say, oh, I don't agree with the hire. I don't. It's a surprise to me because, again, as I mentioned, after I did all my research about the coaches that played on Saturday, it made sense to me that he would come as a special teams coordinator. So this is a surprise to me. I'm just going to be honest with you. And we work very hard to provide you with inside information over Gene's page. But uh, while I mentioned him as a potential staff addition, I did not have him on my radar as a defensive coordinator. It's just me being honest with you. We're friends, right? So I'm just telling you. But, uh, you know, maybe it'll work out. But, again, a, a nice pedigree of coaching. He's coaches some big-time programs and understands linebacker play. And uh, so we're going to hope for the best. Now, we expect the rest of this news to be made public later today. Matt Barnes, a defensive coordinator at Memphis, 37 years of age, a product of Salisbury University, was also a linebacker there. Began coaching at Delaware Valley as a running backs coach, then to West Virginia Wesleyan also as a running backs coach. In 2011, he became the offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach. Then he took some time at Florida as a GA, 2012 to 2014. In 15, he was a defensive assistant at Michigan. 16 to 18, he's at Maryland, a special teams coordinator and linebackers coach. In 19, he makes the move to Ohio State. Can you get behind that? I can. Goes to Ohio State as a special teams coordinator and a secondary coach. In 2020, still the special teams coordinator takes over the safeties. And in 2021, Ohio State, he was defensive backs coach and defensive coordinator. Now he's a full-time defensive coordinator at Memphis. So could this be a situation where there's some shared responsibility? Yeah, I think could be. Hadn't heard that. Could be. But I think when you look at the pedigree here, you've got – Coleman and Matt both extensively having some special teams and linebacker responsibilities. 
But, again, Barnes expected to coach the safeties here. But uh, special teams has been such a moving target for Mississippi State. It makes sense that we would bring in, you know, a lot of expertise when it comes to coaching that position. And, uh, you know, as a player, Matt Barnes was a, was a running back and a safety in high school. Played for the Urbana Hawks. How about that? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then, you know, took his uh, talents to Salisbury University. I respect anybody that plays uh, college football. It doesn't matter the level. You play college sports, I don't care. There's so many people around the country that said, hey, I want to be, you know, a chance to play in college. And I can tell you, as a, as a father of a former college baseball player, we were so appreciative of anybody that provided him the opportunity to play. Uh, so I respect the fact that uh, Salisbury University may not be a hotbed of college football talent, but Matt Barnes knows what it takes. He understands, uh, you know, what it, what it, what's required to go play on the college level, even at a lower level. But if you look at his meteoric rise as a coach, again, this is a guy that started out at Delaware Valley as a running backs coach and became the defensive coordinator at Ohio State University. I can get behind that. I can. Absolutely. Uh, so pretty exciting times. He was uh, one of Ryan Day's first hires at Ohio State. That's a guy that's won a lot of football games in the Big Ten. Uh, so the, the big question becomes now is like, okay, Matt Barnes and, uh, and Coleman uh, Hutzler have both coached extensively. But what about recruiting in the South? That is the, to me, that's the litmus test right there. Listen, guys, this is a dude league. Right? And you look at Nick Saban, look at the machine that they've become. And, of course, uh, Nick Saban, of course, had a better process. That's the, 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 the whole infancy of the trust the process. Yeah, that's all Nick Saban. So they had a process, and the next thing you know, they began to become a football factory and start pumping out these players. And then, in turn, you start getting better players. That's the big thing, you know. Uh, that's the big thing. And so, you know, what can we do now on the recruiting side of things? Now it helps having David Turner here. You know, it helps having Chad Bumpus here. Uh, but you're going to bring some people in that are going to require an introduction. You look at our recruiting footprint. I mean, we're not going to be up in Connecticut and Vermont recruiting a lot of players because that, that's a recipe to just fill the portal, right? And so that's the real challenge to me. Are these guys good football coaches? I believe them to be. Can they prove to be great recruiters here in this state? Now, of course, Jeff Levy and Chad Bumpus and David Turner's experiences in the Egg Bowl recruiting wars of old are important. But the thing that I have learned, and I had this discussion with Dan Mullen and Joe Moorhead and Mike Leach, everybody that has come here at some point, I've tried to explain to them, recruiting in Mississippi is unlike anything else you've ever encountered. And what's funny about that, I've got people in the, in the industry, like my friend Brandon Huffman. I love Brandon. I absolutely do. I wore an Avery Strong shirt and I uh, still have it. You know, he lost a daughter to cancer. And one of the saddest things I've ever seen is a beautiful young lady. Uh, but Huff Daddy, as we call him, Brandon and I have covered national all-star games together. He's now, of course, a national analyst with 247 Sports. And, uh, but Brandon is the kind of guy that, you know, he's a good news guy, right? He can go to every Pac-12 school uh, and uh, be able to, to post on message boards, and everybody's like, hey, it's Brandon. And Brandon one day told me, he goes, I can't believe the stuff you put up with down there just for reporting the recruiting news. 
And this is all before the Hugh Freeze stuff, right? I and mean, this is all before, you know, we, we identified the biggest scandal in Mississippi college sports history, right? But I would just write an article saying the kid's going to take a visit. And all of a sudden, there's all this angst and acrimony. And he's like, I don't understand it. My friend Mike Bacus, who covered the state of Florida one day, he goes, man, like all of a sudden, Ole Miss began to recruit underrated horse riding in the state of Florida. He goes, I don't understand where all this negativity is coming from with my reporting. He goes, I don't know how you put up with it. He goes, any kid in Mississippi that you're reporting thing on, it's always met with skepticism, even when you're right. I mean, he, Mike Bacus, and I, the other day we talked about the whole Chad Bumpus, Corvick, Neat rankings discussion. Mike Bacus was the guy who had to go stand on the carpet and explain his evaluation to Corvick Neat because of the fact that some people connected to Ole Miss thought that we were undervaluing the recruit, and I was blamed for that. He goes, well, Steve Robertson is always downgrading our recruits. That's not true. You know, the only guys that I ever had an opportunity to even, you know, submit my opinions on were Mississippi guys, and then if I stumbled across somebody, uh, I may submit them for evaluation. But I never had any say. It's, okay, well, this kid's committed to Ole Miss. Let's drop him. You know, it's not how it worked. I how the infrastructure worked. But that's how crazy this thing gets, man, with recruiting. And uh, one of the things, too, I know many of you are fans of Yancey Porter. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing, the versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice, or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tecovis does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours too. Be sure and check them out. Tecovis believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. 
Weekly financial check-ins with Smart Money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, Yancey and I had some good years and had some down years, too. Of course, after free stuff broke, uh, you know, he, he wasn't a big fan. But... The thing that I learned about all of that, let's, let's, let's just change the, the names on the articles, right? If Yancey Porter reported that a Mississippi State commitment or lien was going to visit Ole Miss, people would lose their minds. And it's the same token on the Ole Miss side with me. If I go out there and say, hey, this kid's going to visit Mississippi State, they don't want to believe it, but they have to believe it. And so there becomes all this, let's you know, kill the messenger type thing. And so... There are so many people in the recruiting industry that have observed what's happened in Mississippi over the years in their own coverage of players that will kind of lend some credence to what I'm saying. It is a completely different animal in Mississippi. Alabama might be the second closest. And I think part of that, too, is because Alabama maybe recruits a little more nationally. There's not nearly as many in-state battles as there are in Mississippi. But... A lot of coaches show up and think, hey, I'm just going to recruit. You know, that's just not how it works out here. Uh, there are kids in this state over my career that I know will look a coach in the face and say, hey, coach, I'm not even going to visit Ole Miss and be there the next day. And some of it's not even their decision. And there are some recruits, of course, over the years that have told Ole Miss coaches, hey, there's nothing to worry about, and they end up coming to Mississippi State. I think a lot of it's because you've got other players involved here. It's not always just about player, coach, parent. There are other people involved. Maybe that's the book we write someday, right? <laughs> uh, but the reality of it is, is I, I sat down with Dan Mullen shortly after he got here, and I told him, I said, it's, it's a different dynamic. And he goes, oh, you know, I, I've, I've recruited in Utah. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy doesn't get it. Utah? And he goes, oh, yeah, you don't understand the battle between BYU and Utah. And I thought to myself, I said, man, you talk about a guy that doesn't understand what he's in for. Well, he got up to speed. He did. Dan did a good job, especially evaluating players. Joe Moorhead got here. That's one of the things that I asked him. I said, a lot of people are concerned about you being a guy from the north that's primarily coached in the north. How are you going to recruit the south? Now, I think Joe did a great job recruiting the south, building relationships. I think the evaluation piece was off when Mike Leach got here. I said, you know, Mike, I know you're really more of a national recruiter. People forget how many kids from the state of Florida went to Washington State when Mike Leach was the coach because you can find offensive skill in the state of Florida. As Sylvester Croom told us years ago, there's a four-star receiver on every street corner in South Florida. There's some truth to that. We couldn't get them, but there's some truth to that. But there's so many aspects of recruiting Mississippi that's different. And uh, I told Mike, I said, listen, I said, the thing about Mississippi State and Ole Miss you need to understand is you're at war every day. Every single day. And I understand you and Lane are friendly, and that relationship has really been exaggerated. But, uh, but all that said, 
I said, you need to understand these people will do anything they can to embarrass you. It's the most bitter rivalry in the country. And it doesn't matter if it's public relations. It doesn't matter if it's recruiting. It doesn't matter if they, if they get up on you in a ball game. They're going to run the score up on you. I said, I'm just telling you. It's how it is. And it took Michael a while to get that. But every one of them, from Croom to Mullen to Moorhead to Leach, in the end, all agree with me. The recruiting in Mississippi is just completely different than what everybody else encounters. And so you're bringing some coaches in that have never really had that experience. To me, that is the greater challenge. It's not the X's and O's. There are a lot of great football coaches out there that are going to do a great job executing a game plan, breaking down film, looking self-scouting at their own tendencies. There are a ton of guys out there. But you earn your medal in this state on the recruiting trail. You do. And that's one of the reasons we go out and get Chad Bumpus, right? You know, Chad's a guy from the very beginning when he was a recruit, said I wanted to be a part of the rivalry. And when he came back, that's one of the conversations that I had with him. I said, I know this for a fact. Chad Bumpus will give Ole Miss absolute unshirted hell on the recruiting trail. And what does he do? He goes up to North Panola and gets J.J. Uh, Harrell and gets Stonka Burnside to commit on the same day. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Stonka later in the show. But that was a big blow in in-state recruiting. Now, we're not where we need to be, and we've got to close really strong. And uh, you expect that when you have a coaching change. And it's not just the fact that you've got, you know, new coaches in. I mean, you're going to have players that don't fit your scheme or perhaps the new staff doesn't share the same evaluation of the previous staff. Yeah, that, that's a big part of it too. You know, we look at the Josh Flower situation from yesterday. Now, the day that Jeff Levy was hired, one of my immediate thoughts was about Josh Flowers. Josh Flower is a very, very talented young man. Josh also needs the dual threat. Josh is a guy that needs the RPO. He is an athlete playing quarterback. He's not the polished pastor that I think it's going to be required for Jeff Levy's offense. And so I, did, I wondered if Levy would see it as a mix and uh, as a fit, and it's not. And so now Josh, uh, sadly, here in the final stages of his recruitment, has got to figure something out. There's not a lot of people looking for quarterbacks. Somebody will take him. He'll do a good job. That's the downside of the business, man. You know, that's the thing that you, that you think about. You know, kid comes in, commits early. He's loyal. He's true maroon. And next thing you know, the staff that recruited him gets fired. And can you begin to imagine the anxiety a family feels in that situation? It's like, well, I guess we'll, we'll hang in here with Mississippi State and see what happens. And then you find out that schematically things are just not a, a match for you. And you got to go somewhere else. And you got to make a decision very quickly. That's the huge part of all this. Huge part of all this. And so Jeff Labby is paid to win. So Jeff Labby has to go out and find the players that best fit what he wants in a football team. This is not the Boy Scouts. And I get it. Yeah, I remember when Chase and Virgil got dropped, and, and I I'd still fault Brian Johnson and Dan Mullen for not doing that earlier. And there were some high schools in Texas that were supposed to be closed to us, and then we went right back in there and signed some kids. But, you know, we always think about all the, you know, the collateral damage of a coaching change. And that's where it's probably felt the hardest, outside of maybe the coaches' wives and children. You know, in, in many respects, they sign up for that, Right. They understand by being married to a college coach or, you know, being the child of a college coach, you're going to have to probably move a lot. Dad's not going to be around a whole bunch. 
You better get to know your siblings well because they're going to be your best friends. And then one day, their dad's employer gets fired or he elects to take another job. Well, then everybody's got to pack up again and go. And then all of that anxiety just trickles down the recruits. I remember talking to uh, Nico Whitley Sr. and Degra Whitley, one of the very first in-home visits that Dan Mullen made is your football coach was to go to Provine High School. And, of course, Nico had torn his ACL in a ball game against Callaway. Last play of the first half. I was there when it happened. And I remember talking to our staff and said, it tore his ACL. I'm sure of it. And the very first thing Dan Mullen did is he sat down and he told that whole family, he goes, hey, you guys don't have to worry about this scholarship because Mississippi State's going to stand behind Nico Whitley. And we're going to bring him in and we're going to have our doctors look at him and we're going to ensure that he gets better. And I remember talking to Nico Sr. and Dedgra, and they were just – I think Dedgra was more worried about it. Nico Jr. wasn't worried about it. I think he always felt good about it. But you never know when a coach comes in how they're going to feel. And I remember talking to Nico's mom, and, and she was like, you just don't understand the sleepless nights that I've had. You know, knowing that, hey, Mississippi State may drop him, and with a torn ACL, nobody else may take him. He may end up having to go to junior college, you know, and, and may have to take a year off and then hope to get an opportunity somewhere else to fulfill his dreams. And, of course, Nico comes to Mississippi State. And uh, I wrote about that in Alpha Dogs, you know, in that 2016 season, or excuse me, 2013 season with the season on the line. It's Nico Whitley digging out the fumble against Arkansas on the road. Gave us a chance that it was a 4-6 and six team to beat Arkansas. That game is over if they kick a field goal. But instead – Nico pulls it out. And you know what happened the next week? Yeah, that's when uh, Nico Willie introduced the world to Wallacing as he stripped the ball from Bo Wallace, very good player, put up some big numbers there, big moment. He rips that ball out one step before the goal line. Jamerson Love recovers it. Mississippi State is bowl eligible. And so these decisions that we make about who to keep and who to, who to retain and, and who to release – there is a ripple effect down the road, as was the case with Nico Whitley. And I thought it was so interesting, and I wrote about that in the book, is you know, Dan Mullen saved Nico Whitley. And in turn, Nico Whitley, when given a chance as a senior, saved Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's job was on the line. Nico Whitley played the entire year with a partially torn ACL and then makes the two biggest defensive plays of the year to secure bowl eligibility for Mississippi State. You don't think Nico Whitley felt a sense of gratitude and loyalty to Dan Mullen? I think you do. So I share that little aside just because of recruiting is so important. It's so incredibly important. And the decisions that we make here uh, in the final days leading up to signing day not, don't just impact all of us. It impacts us indirectly. It impacts your football team directly, but certainly the young men and their families – they're having to scurry here at the end to figure out somewhere to go play college football. Uh, it's a tough deal. And that's what always goes along with coaching changes. It, it does. That's one of those things. When you work through it, it's the ugly part of the business because several lives are impacted because we all want to win. And you can't just say, well, you know what? This guy's been loyal the whole year. He doesn't fit what we want to do, but we're going we're gonna to sign him. We're going to keep our word even though it wasn't our word, it was a previous staff's word, 
And that's not fair. What's, what's not fair about it is you shouldn't sign a kid that you know is never going to play. He'd be better off going somewhere else and seeking an opportunity elsewhere than us give him a, a, a sympathy offer. To me, that's the greater problem. And you can say, well, there's the portal these days. I, I get that aspect of it. But why not give a guy a chance to go play somewhere where he can truly play rather than us just worry about public relations and optics and say, we're going to stick with this kid no matter what, even though he doesn't fit. That, to me, that is the selfish move. The greater good and the more kinder gesture is to let him seek his opportunities elsewhere and go play somewhere where they value him uh, and his skill set. All right, it's time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair is my friend, your friend. He is our collective friend in the mortgage industry. If you are looking for the opportunity to get into a mortgage, perhaps change your mortgage. I don't know. Maybe you're in a 327 arm. I don't know. I don't know your situation. But Blair Chandler has seen it all and done it all. Give him a call or text today at 601-500-2344. At 601-500-2344. Visit the website, closewithblair.com. Blair works at Priority One Mortgage. This is a guy that knows how to get things done. One of the things that I've learned about life is it's so much better to uh, ask for recommendations rather than just go get on Google or get out the phone book, if, for those of you that still have them. It's so much better to get a recommendation. So I'm giving you a recommendation. And there are several Boneyard listeners that would agree. Blair Chandler gets things done. So if you're looking to get into a mortgage, looking to help your kids get into a mortgage, whatever your mortgage needs may be, look no further than Blair Chandler. Again, at 601-500-2344. All right. Today's top 10 list is um, Roy kind of guilted me into this. I'm not a huge fan, but I'm, I'm not an enemy of this band. They, 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 they don't do it for me, but I respect the fact they have put together a huge following. No, it's not Green Day. No. It's Coldplay. And there was a time that Coldplay was the biggest band in the world. And Roy's like, you know, we should do this. And we've had several requests over the years to do Coldplay. We've never done them, so we're doing them today. We did No Doubt on Monday, which uh, spurned some nice discussion for sure. But here we are with Coldplay. All right. I've got a few of these that I, I want to talk extensively about, but this is Roy's list. So if you like the list, thank Roy, because Roy can put it together. Uh, Politic from Coldplay, number 10. Number nine is Trouble from Coldplay. I guess they're all from Coldplay since it's a Coldplay top 10. So we'll just stop doing that annoying thing. Number eight, In My Place. A collaborative effort for your number seven song with the Chainsmokers, it's something just like this. Super cool song, very optimistic song, and uh, I like bands that have uh, some positivity in their message. Listen, I'm a real one too, don't get me wrong, but uh, sometimes I don't want to be depressed and somebody always beat me up about how everything is rotten in life because I don't believe that. But A Sky Full of Stars from Coldplay, number six, I did it again. Huge, huge hit. I suspect a lot of people would have this as their number one Coldplay song. It's Viva La Vida. Live the life, man. Live the life. And uh, it's a cool track. Again, uh, very, very, very widely known. 
really around the world. But a very positive song, very up-tempo, and uh, encourage you to enjoy that one. Now, one that's a little bit eclectic for me is going to come in at number four. I actually like the percussion on this. I think there are some sneaky good things in the layering of the, of the instrumentation of this song. Another huge hit for them, it's Clocks at number four. Clocks at number four. Number three, another huge hit for them. And honestly, I would have this one farther down my own list. I would. You, you may agree with Roy. But uh, it was a huge hit. A lot of people liked it. I just didn't get it. I didn't. I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad song. It just didn't resonate with me. And maybe it does for you. But number three is The Scientist. The Scientist, number three. Number two, a huge, 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 huge hit for them. It seemed like for a while there, everywhere I went, this song was playing. It's like you get out of your car and uh, unplug your, your, your phone, and then the radio comes on, and this song is played. You go into Walmart, or you go into the shopping mall, or you go into wherever you go, go into the gas station. It seemed like this song was always on. And there's a reason that songs get a ton of airplay. It's because this is what people want. But it's Fix You, number two. Fix You. Yep. Maybe you see it differently. But that's number two. But number one, according to Roy, it wouldn't be my number one, but I respect Roy's opinion. And ever so often, because of the great job that he does for us, we want to give him some say in the list. And some of you are sitting there on bait with bated breath, right? And you know, the, you know the bated breath, right? You know that? It's not baited like a hook. It's not. You talk about a baited and baited, yeah complimentary words there opposites but complimentary words number one is yellow yellow is your number one Coldplay song according to Roy Samanti uh, Roy is my friend he's your friend many of you he's your friend and uh, you've never met him but uh, he has brought some joy to your life I have been at ball games and people have asked to take a picture with Roy I didn't know that Roy was famous and little did we know, we first started putting this thing together, that Roy would become such a big part of the Boneyard. And typically when I'm out and about, we try to get together with Roy. We went to, we went to A&M, and uh, their tailgating spot was like 30, a 30-minute 30 walk from media parking. So we weren't able to get together. And Roy always invites us, and I always feel guilty we can't always go to stuff. But um, I appreciate Roy and his contributions, and uh, appreciate him putting together the Coldplay list. If you're a Coldplay fan... Hit me up. Let me know how he did. You know, we, we, this whole Boneyard thing may work out for Roy, right? Uh, but listen, I, one of the things that I want to thank you guys for, too, because Roy is my friend. You know, when all those things happened in COVID and a lot of people lost jobs, as companies lost money, there were so many people. When I went to this show and uh, kind of appealed on Roy's behalf, I had so many people that reached out about Roy. And a lot of people weren't employers. You know, some people were and said, hey, Steve, can you get us a resume or can you connect me? Uh, but most of people were just like, dude, I hate this, man. I hate this for Roy. I don't even know Roy, but Roy has become a big part of the Boneyard experience. Let Roy know we're praying for him. Let Roy know that we care about him. And uh, again, it just goes to show you that it really is a family. You know, listen, I get it. It's not the hashtag, you know, M-State family or whatever, Hell State family or whatever you want to call it. 
Scooby-Doo family. You don't make a difference to me. I get that. You know, I understand there are a lot of people that are just tourists in our lives. I understand. But for those of us that are true maroon, that uh, were born or bred into this, or maybe you chose to come to school here and all of a sudden you began to realize how awesome we are, you guys are awesome. Uh, because when Roy and his family really needed prayers and support, you came through. You did. And I can't begin to tell you, you probably can hear in my voice how happy I am these days. And uh, of course, you know, we got the new business opening, so I'm, I'm ready to get that done. But that's going to bring some different stress and anxiety. I'm going to be down there a lot, you know. So I'm a change in routine. But the thing that I have learned, especially with uh, the new book coming out, When the Bottom Falls, and uh, it's been out just a couple weeks now. And uh, it's incredible the response that I've had from people, most of it privately, okay? And that's because we deal with some very heavy subject matter. And uh, our friend Richard Willis made a comment today. He finished the book, and he's not even a reader. talked about how heavy the book was. But I've had a lot of people that have reached out and says, you know, Steve, uh, this book gives me hope. And that nearly brings me to tears. Uh, guys, I'll be honest with you. I've shared some of my story with you guys, but uh, there was so many times in my life I didn't want to live. And it wasn't that I was scared to die. I was scared to live. I was scared I couldn't do all this stuff, you know. And uh, it's so funny. Now you look up and, um, you know, the book is selling like crazy. I've got people that have read the book and said, you know what, I've ordered multiple copies because i got some other friends that need to read this and I don't want to pass my book on and lose it. I had another Boneyard listener, and God bless her for this, that uh, a friend of hers, she had to go pick up somebody. She had, her book had just come in the mail. And uh, she got called because a friend had had uh, some car trouble. And uh, that person has had some issues with alcoholism. And as they were riding down the road to bring this, this person home, she felt glad to give them the book. She hadn't read it yet. She goes, you know what? I'll just order myself another one. I think this person needs it more than me. And I've had so many people that have shared stories somewhat like that. That's probably a little more unique. They didn't even read the book. I had to buy another one. But I put my heart and soul in this book. And uh, it was never a, hey, look at Steve type thing. It's really more about look at recovery and look at second chances and look at what redemption can look like. You know, I, I still have a lot of people that don't like me. And you know what? I don't care. When you think about the things that I've been through in life, you think I'm worried about a tweet? Come on. I'm worried about a false report about me on a message board. Let me just promise you this. Most of those people's sources about me are no better than their sources about anything else. There are a lot of people that just want to goad you, right? And you can be the bigger person. It was a time in my life I was so incredibly insecure. If anybody said anything negative about me, I would feel the need to try to win them over. You know, long-term recovery has taught me that their opinion doesn't matter anyway. You know, I'm, I'm human. I mean, right? You know, when we miss something, I mean, it's like this whole, uh, you know, Hutzler thing, you know. Yeah, I named him as a potential staff guy, but I didn't have him on the radar as DC. And, and, you know, people close to me are like, Steve, give yourself a break. No, no, I don't give myself a break. You know, I, I expect to be able to get to the truth on these things. And I put a tremendous amount of effort into getting to it. And I'm willing to outwork everybody. Yeah, but you got a brand new staff in there and they're trying to protect their candidate. I get it. I understand it. And if somebody said, you know, Steve, you got all the offensive guys right. Yeah, you got strength and conditioning guy right. Yeah. Yeah, I did. But I want to get them all. And there are some people, they only remember the misses. Nobody feels sorry for the New York Yankees, right? And I think in many respects, it's how it is for us. And I take it as a compliment, right? 
oh, well, Stephen M. missed on this. You know, it's pretty rare, but that's all the people that really remember are the misses. But it's like that for you in life, too. There are so many people out there just waiting for you to stumble. There are so many people out there that, um, you know, I don't know what their lives are like, but I can only begin to imagine how miserable they must be to get so much glee out of somebody else stumbling, if that makes sense, right? And uh, I still have a lot of ambition in life. I do. And uh, I don't know that I'll ever get there. But, you know, of course, we're writing the, uh, we're doing our research for the forthcoming biography about Duty Noble. And I've had some people tell me, Steve, this may be the most important book about Mississippi State ever. And I've had some other people say some very flattering things about myself that I won't repeat because I'm not here fishing for compliments. But, you know, when I've, I wanted to be a rock star in the beginning. And uh, I couldn't handle the spoils of all of that very well. I couldn't. I admit that. Send me a drug rehab. It did. It changed my life. And then I said, well, you know, I still want to be able to create, right? I can't draw. I'm not much of a painter. I don't have that skill. I respect those that do. It, it amazes me. Uh, sometimes when Dana and I travel, we have time. I love to go to museums, and I love to be able to go to arts displays and see these things because it's so inspiring to me to see people that have a skill that I don't possess. It's one of the reasons that I love so much about live music. Yes, I feel like I'm part of the scene, but I love to see people doing a great job at their craft, right? And so I, I look at my work the same way. Like I'm always wanting to push myself to do something better than I've ever done before. And it's not just necessarily about book sales. And I've sold a ton of books and uh, very grateful for each and every one of you that's bought those books. And I've had so many people that have come up to me and just said, hey, hey, you wrote about my grandfather. And I just want to say thank you. And that's, again, kind of like the whole recruiting thing. It all trickles down. And so when you put good energy out there, you get it back. But again, there are people out there that um, I just don't occupy any of my time and effort worrying about there are some people that are never going to like me. They're never going to like you. So why should their opinions matter more than the ones that do love you? Uh, it's somebody that I absolutely love sent me this song years ago and said, man, I know you're not a country guy, but every time I listen to this, I think about you and tears come to my eyes. And it was Brantley Gilbert's, the ones that like me, love me. And that's who I focus on. It is. And uh, I had somebody recently ask me, he goes, hey, this Duty Noble thing is so ambitious. You know, what are you working on this? And I said, you know, listen, I don't even know where to start, but I knew who to ask. And I know that I'm a good researcher. And I began to work and I began to put things out there and sow some seeds. And of course, we've got some great things. I interviewed Duty Noble's nieces yesterday. I got some amazing stories. And um, somebody's like, Steve, this book is so important, you know, and I, I can't believe this is going to happen. And I said, yeah, it should have been written 50 years ago. But it's my time and it's my era. And you want to know what my ambition is in life? You want it really, honestly? I mean, in addition to being, you know, staying clean and sober, that's the given, right? And being the best husband I can be being the best father and grandfather I can be, those things are all givens. But when I think about what I want from myself, and I don't need you all to say it, right? Because there are a lot of people that, that say it now, and uh, there are others that will never say it because they'll never, ever give me credit for anything, and that's fine. They can live their lives how they choose. But I want to be the greatest Mississippi State writer that's ever lived. Those are my ambitions, and I don't just mean the fast food stuff that we do from time to time. Okay, well, let's preview the game, cover the game, 
uh, preview to rec- the official visit, recap the visit. I, I, I want to do all that stuff too, but I want to write things that really matter to people. You know, it's just like as soon as I first, I was sitting here at this desk and I said, you know, I should write a b- book about Duty Noble, not the stadium, the man. And I began to think about what's about available out there online. And I started thinking to myself, this is the book I want to write. Everybody else is saying, hey, you should write this. You should write that. And they've got no shortage of advisors. But I said, I want to do this for Mississippi State. I want to do this for Mississippi State fans. I want to do this for Duty Noble. And really, in many respects, that's what I care about. I care about all of you. Wouldn't you want to learn about Duty Noble? I mean, you've been to the stadium all these years, right? I mean, you, but you don't know the, the man, and you really don't know his career. You just know his name is on the baseball stadium. He was some guy that played baseball here, and they, they named the stadium after him. And so I thought, well, what if we could put a book together that explains why we named the stadium after him? And yesterday I had so much fun sitting and visiting with Duty Noble's nieces. Duty Noble and his wife Elizabeth didn't have any children. And so you're getting some stories kind of secondhand, but they also had some memorabilia. And we're going to work some things out. Uh, spoke with several people at the university, including Chris Simonis. Whenever the book comes out, uh, the Noble nieces and others are going to bring some Duty Noble memorabilia for you guys to see for the very first time. I got to see Duty Noble's M Club sweater yesterday. And it's in remarkable condition considering it's over 100 years old. It looks like maybe it's six months or so. There's no moth holes in it. There's, it's amazing. It's incredible. In 1915, Mississippi State, Duty Noble's only appearance against Ole Miss in football. Duty Noble beat them 65 to nothing. They have the game ball in the family. You all need to be able to see this stuff and experience this stuff. As I was speaking to some people earlier today and last night, these are items that are the treasures of our Bulldog past, and you've never seen them. And how cool would that be? And there are a lot of people at Mississippi State that have got fired up about this. Oh, this is going to be so great. We'll do this. Guys, I'm just writing a book, right? But all of a sudden, I get chills thinking about this. I'm writing a book that matters to people. Not that when the bottom falls does, and it does in a completely different way. I spoke to Rick Cleveland multiple times when I got ready to begin this process. I said, Rick, do you think this is a worthwhile pursuit? And he goes, I wish I'd thought of it. And so I'm going to give everything I have to this. And uh, I just share that with you because not in any way to to say, hey, look at what Steve's doing. Uh, I've got more than my fair share of detractors, right? And so do you. It doesn't mean you shouldn't try to do something amazing with your life. And so I shared that. Didn't plan to share all that today. But I'm super excited about uh, the book. And the title is The Dude, The Life and Times of Duty Noble. And uh, we're working on the cover. We hope to have that out soon. And uh, the writing process will begin after the holidays. And that's going to take me a little while. But we hope to have it out before football season next year. And so you'll have the opportunity to come to Starkville. Uh, and get the book or order it online. And I'm sure it will spread throughout the state and probably to southeast. Uh, i got a lot of traveling in front of me to go sit and talk with some people. I'm doing all of my interviews in person when I can. There's been one that I've done 
that uh, was over the phone, but um, every other interview has been in person. And I think that makes it more conversational. But uh, I'm doing this to satisfy my own ambition, but I think to fill a void when it comes to the Mississippi State historical record. I think it's important for this generation and future generations to understand why we hold so many of these sports heroes in such high regard. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a stock billion institution. I was there earlier this week and signed all of their stock for When the Bottom Falls. Going to do a book signing there on Saturday the 16th. I don't know if you're familiar with that date at all, but uh, yeah, we'll be there Saturday, December 16th, 1 to 3 o'clock in advance of the basketball game. Uh, They have all six of my books there, so if you're looking to do some online shopping, you can uh, take care of that and uh, fill out your collection. It's interesting. People come up to me and say, hey, I bought your book. I say, which one? Oh, I didn't know you had more than one. Yeah, you got six. Six. Worked on number seven. Uh, But listen, you don't just go to Campus Bookmark for my books because you can get those elsewhere. You go there because they've got the best selection of Mississippi State merchandise. Yeah, that's true. They also brought Jackie Sherrill in for a meet and greet for you guys to have a chance to see him when we had the uh, honoring of the uh, 98 team. Campus Bookmart always doing something cool. But uh, you don't just go there for the coolness. You go there for the clothing and the memorabilia and things of that nature to give you an opportunity to outfit your home, your pet, your family, your RV, your office, whatever you need with Mississippi State merchandise. They've got it. Kathy Brown does an amazing job keeping that store fully stocked. Uh, with the latest in Mississippi State merch. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the Wide World Web, the World Wide Web, at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, I'll give you a phrase that pays. It's BSR. That's beautiful Steve Robertson. Get you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Matter of fact, I had somebody just yesterday hit me up asking for that code. And, uh, and it works. It does. Be sure and check it out today at campusbookmart.net. Okay. Since we have been together, Xavion Thomas is in the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, with Xavion the best, he has had some people close to him that have tried to get him to OSU now for two years. You may recall that uh, he didn't sign with us in December out of high school. And uh, there's some people close to him that were hoping with the coaching change at OSU that Brian Kelly and the new staff would have a different evaluation of him and that they would take him. Well, they didn't. And he signs at Mississippi State, and he comes in and has a you know, freshman All-American season, a little bit banged up at times, uh, was State's, in many respects, most productive receiver this year. So, yeah, it is a loss for sure. Uh, but I want to talk to you guys really about the portal and NIL and how that all kind of works together. Now, the portal can be a good thing for Mississippi State. Last year, we pretty much went snake eyes. And the portal. And so are there players of Xavion Thomas's ability in the portal? Yes. Is there somebody out there that's prepared to pay Xavion Thomas more than State would when it comes to NIL? I don't know. But here's what I do know. Uh, based on some conversations with people close to the topic, uh, Jeff Levy is not a coach that's going to be held hostage when it comes to the, the transfer portal. Uh, we want people – in the SIL Junior Complex that want to be at Mississippi State, period. Uh, That's how it all shakes loose. And if somebody sees that they have a better opportunity somewhere else for one reason or another, then uh, they're welcome to go pursue that. 
But I don't think this is a situation where, you know, state should just go all in and worry about optics. You know, sometimes you got to worry about finances. You know, we recently had the million-dollar match when it came to NIL. Well, it's not like that was a secret initiative. You know, we had updates on message boards and on Twitter and things like that. Once we got to a million, we exceeded that and pushed on the 1.5. So all of a sudden, when you match that, that comes out to be $3 million. So that's $3 million you didn't have from before. And it's interesting. All of a sudden, you know, you're, you got player, you got some guys that are going into portal. I don't necessarily mean Xavier Thomas, who's a proven commodity, but you've got some guys that have gone into portal, and it's like they think that there is NIL fortunes waiting for them, and they're wrong. They're wrong. And so we will recalibrate our focus, and we'll go focus on the people that want to be here at Mississippi State. Now, one of the things that's interesting, too, I spoke to Cyrus Allen last night, wide receiver from Louisiana Tech. A lot of production at Louisiana Tech. Had four touchdowns. Was an all-conference USA preseason performer and among the league leaders in all receiving categories this past season. Now, you talk to Cyrus Allen, and he's like, hey, I'm liking what Mississippi State's got to say. Is Cyrus Allen on the same level of Xavier Thomas? I don't know that I would go that far. I think Xavier Thomas has a chance to be really, really good. But I think when you also look at what Ra Thomas did last year, right? And that was the big thing last year. We lost Ra Ra, and of course, you know, sources said he was going to Ole Miss, and he was never going to Ole Miss. Never. And uh, there were some people on our staff that even said from the very beginning that it looks like it's going to be Georgia. And ultimately, it was Georgia. The thing that we felt is that it wasn't going to be Ole Miss despite their best efforts. And, of course, they all ran their mouth. Are oh, we going to lose Ra-Ra Ole Miss? No, no. But when you look at what uh, Ra-Ra did this year, and I don't know if you know this. Maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know if you keep up or not. But in, uh, in 2022, Ra-Ra Thomas played at Mississippi State. Ra-Ra Thomas had 44 catches for 626 yards and seven touchdowns. You know what he did at Georgia this year? And, yes, he was banged up a little bit. He was. But despite the fact that they had better talent around him, that he couldn't be in a situation to be doubled, he got a lot more man-to-man coverage. You know what he did this year? 23 receptions for 383 yards and one touchdown. So nearly half the catches, nearly half the yardage, and six less touchdowns than he had at Mississippi State. And so I say that because the grass is not always greener on the other side, literally or figuratively. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to Georgia and play for an NFL championship. And then guess what? You don't. Not to say that he didn't have, uh, you know, maybe a funner experience being part of a bigger season, but could you imagine what Mississippi State could have been like with Ra-Ra this year? And, yes, this offense had some issues. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of people said, well, you know, well, he made the right decision for himself. Did he? Now that you've got a year's worth of data to look at, so he went from being the featured receiver at Mississippi State to just being another guy at Georgia. And, of course, the one touchdown he catched, pretty memorable, pretty amazing catch there. But I think it's important to understand that there are a lot of people that leave – and their expectations are not met at their next location. 
I mean, the numbers are the numbers. And there'll be people that'll get out here and say, yeah, but Steve, no, there's no buts. The numbers are the numbers. But yeah, there's more talent there. Oh, exactly. You know, you only get a short time in life to play sports. I'd rather be the featured receiver here than I would be just another dude to Georgia. But that's just me. I enjoyed competing. I didn't just want to ride the wave of somebody else's talent. I'd rather get out there and do it myself. I'd rather be a starter on an average team than a bench warmer or too deeper on a great team. That's just me. You know, maybe you see it differently. But, again, the numbers are the numbers. You know, and you got to think, too, we don't change offenses this year, which we've talked about that extensively. And you have Will Rogers back running the air raid and Ra-Ra Thomas to one side and Savion and Tulu in a slot. Um might have been a different year. We might be having a different conversation instead of opening our show talking about new coaching hires or maybe talking about uh, New Year's Six Bowl game. But people have to make decisions that they feel best for themselves. That doesn't preclude us from having an opinion about said decision. And that's how I feel about it. I think a lot of people out there that make bad decisions. You know, you, you can think about, you know, Aaron Brule, who I absolutely love. I think he is an amazing person. Aaron Brule didn't have a great year in 2021. He missed some sacks, some very big sacks, that uh, led to um, you know, some big plays. And he leaves, and he, he wants to be guaranteed a starting position here. He didn't get that opportunity. Jed Johnson basically wrestled that starting opportunity away from him, and Jed Johnson has had a historic career here at Mississippi State. So that worked out well for us. I don't, I don't know how well it worked out for Aaron Brule, though. He said, well, you know, Steve, he got on the field, and he did. So why don't we take a look together? And this is a guy, too, that went to Michigan State. Like, he didn't end up at Western Michigan or Central Michigan or Michigan School of Math and Science. He went to Michigan State. And maybe you're familiar with all this. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, pretty decent year, I guess. You know, he had a hand in 64 tackles. Of course, uh, Buki and Jet over 100. Buki Watson, of course, becomes uh, your SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Had 10 sacks and uh, 100 plus tackles. So yeah, so Aaron's gone up there and uh, and has played. But if you look at the guy that replaced him here, he was more productive. And again, that's not me lobbing shots at Aaron Brule. I, I love the guy. I do. But I know this. I know that uh, Jed Johnson, I wouldn't trade Jed Johnson's production for this. And he had 11, uh, Aaron had 11 tackles against Michigan. Big game, rivalry game. Really stood up and played well. And so there are so many of our fans, we get, uh, we get hand over foot in this deal, right? It's like, oh, we're losing these guys, you know. Well, I would contend that it wasn't just that they lost – we lost the guys. Some of them lost us. And in many respects, lost a better opportunity. And some would say, but, yeah, Steve, it's Georgia. Yeah, I get it. It is Georgia. But what if you extinguish your own star by going play with bigger stars? So rather than elevate his game, Rara reduced his production. I would submit to you right now, and of course it's all conjecture, that Rara Thomas would have had a much better year at Mississippi State this year. 
than he had at Georgia. Even with the injuries. He'd had a better year. And I can't, I can't prove that. It's, just my, it's my opinion. But I say that because I think it's important for our, our fans to see, to see things in the proper context. That's very important for us to understand. You know, again, the numbers are the numbers. You know, I, I can get out here and people are like, well, you know, it's, it's Mississippi State. You know, I think Mississippi State's one of the greatest opportunities in the country. And did I fall right off for going to Georgia? No, I didn't. But I think, when again, now that we have more data to evaluate that decision, you look at this and you begin to realize, you know what, maybe he'd have been better off just kind of staying put. That aspect of it I don't think is fully realized at the time. You say, hey, it was a better opportunity. Was it? Was it a better opportunity? I just don't know that I agree with that. And I think the numbers certainly lend credence to that line of thinking. And so I share that with all of you for a couple reasons. Number one, I don't think our fans need to freak out every time a guy goes into the portal. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but last year we lost 20 scholarship players to the portal. So far it's just been seven. We'll lose some more. You can expect that. But if you go into Facebook groups, you would think that we're not going to be able to fill the football team. I'm not going to embarrass the person. I got a message last night. Are we even going to have enough players to fill the football team? Well, yeah, we're going to sign some transfers too. And we needed to make some room to kind of flip the roster anyway. And if you look at the guys that have left, and, and let's do that together, shall we? I got you here. Because sometimes the truth is, uh, is lost in the social media fodder. You know, people like, oh, it's like we're losing this guy. Every time I turn around, we're losing a guy. The guys, it's not a Mississippi State issue. It's a college football issue. We're just a product of that. But uh, as it stands now, we have nine outgoing transfers. Two of them are walk-ons. So let me run it down for you. We're losing uh, Simeon Price. I like Simeon Price, but for one reason or another, the staff uh, apparently did not share my opinion of him. I thought he should have had more opportunity. As we discussed on the show before, he had the big gash and run off the left side and never carried football again. That's not good football. I'm just kind of saying it for what it is. I'm not just lobbing shots at the staff on their way out. But when you have a guy go out there and break a run for 12 yards, I think I'd give him another chance. That's just me. But Simeon Price – Played nine games, had five carries for 41 yards. And he's in the portal, and uh, we wish him the best. We do. Fabulous young man. But can we match that 41-yard potential with somebody else, that production? I would say we can't. And, again, I'm not talking trash about our players, you know, current or former. I'm just trying to make sure that people understand here kind of where things are. Jacoby Belazar goes in the portal, and people freak out. Guys, he played in two games. He had one catch for 13 yards. Can we replicate that production? I thought Jacoby would be a better uh, prospect than he's proven to be, and maybe he just didn't get his opportunity. Nakai Poole was a true freshman that had a ton of offers out of high school, but he was ranked a three-star, and I absolutely agreed with that ranking. When you watch the film, the film is not commiserate with the reported offers. 
That's a big part of this deal. A lot of people think, oh, well, this kid's claiming all these offers. What does the film show? And do you know if those offers are even committable? You know, so Nakai Poole, no contribution, redshirted at Mississippi State this year. We certainly can, can replicate his production. Will James was a guy that we added late, a uh, mid-level three-star safety, redshirted this year, didn't contribute. Not to say that he won't have a good career down the road. He may. I think he's a G5 player. Rylan Gody transferred in from Georgia. We tried to uh, you know, rebuild a tight end room. He had one catch in the Egg Bowl. Missed a lot of blocks, too, you know. Of course, Will Rogers is in the portal. And it's funny, he was a, a three-star kid at a high school. Now he's a four-star uh, as a transfer. It's funny, we, we couldn't get him ranked appropriately transferring or signing in, but we, you know, going to rank him higher transferring out. Stephen Lasoya transferred into Mississippi State from Middle Tennessee State. One of state's more significant losses. I mean, losing Will is a big deal. It is. Let's not act that it's not. But Stephen Lasoy is a guy, you know, he's a good player. Is he a difference maker? No. Is he a guy that's going to command big money out of the portal? I don't think so. Can we replace him with somebody else? Well, you know, we've got Ethan Miner coming in this weekend from North Texas, ranked by Pro Football Focus as one of the top centers in the country last year. And then, of course, there's Xavion. You know, Xavion, anybody that says he wasn't even our best receiver is not being honest. Xavion Thomas, a very talented player. But, you know, the production this year is somewhat hampered by the fact that uh, we had so many issues at quarterback. You know, we did what we could to try to get in the ball in his hands. But uh, played in 11 games, had 40 catches, 503 yards. Tula Griffin had, was better in every statistical category. Uh, but, yeah, to suggest that Xavion's not a loss is not, is not accurate. But, again, you look at these names, seven transfers out of there, and who do you really lose? Okay, Xavion's a loss. Will Rogers is a loss. Steven Lasoya, that's a mitigated loss because I think you can replicate that and replace that very easily. But I, I say all that to say this, the sky is not falling. You know, some other people will tell you it is because there are some people that live to be negative about Mississippi State. And I, I'm not talking about Ole Miss people. Some of our people do such a good job of that, we can give Ole Miss a day off. And it's like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? You don't even know who these players were. Well, I know Will Rogers, yeah. Well, Xavion, yeah. Okay, but then, like, we're losing all these guys. You didn't even know their names until they hit the portal. And so, yeah, you want guys to stay in your program to have some continuity to kind of you know get familiar with your system. But let's be honest, many of these scholarship spots that have been opened up by guys going in the portal will be replaced by guys that are a better fit for the system. That's a positive. You know, sometimes it's addition by subtraction. And again, we're going to have some other guys go, may even have some guys go out in the spring. You know, the transfer portal window didn't close January 2nd. But our guys have had a head start. You know, now all of a sudden you got coaches with boots on the ground. you got coaches that can go through meetings and kind of say, hey, here's what you're going to do. You don't have this whole feeling of uncertainty now. You kind of understand how things are going to go. But this uh, chicken little stuff about the portal is just uh, is really difficult to comprehend for me in many respects because we're going to have to modernize as a fan base. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're going to have to embrace that this is how college football is. 
This is not something you look at and say, well, you know, Mississippi State. You know, let me, let me just look at a couple of other SEC teams while we're here together, okay, just so we know, right? Uh, Ole Miss has five transfers going out too, five. And they got a ball game to play. Maybe, maybe some other guys decide, you know what, hey, I just I want to get on the field somewhere else. It's not anybody's fault. But I just want to get out of here and transfer out and go see what else I've got. Guys, uh, I don't know if you know this, Arkansas, your friends at Arkansas right now, 13 transfers. 13. And uh, some of these guys are big names, right? Some of them, Rocket, KJ. You familiar with them? I think you are. And so you start working through all this stuff and you begin to realize that, um, you know, a couple of these guys are walk-ons. But uh, my point being is that when you look at our contemporaries, we're kind of right where they are. And, of course, there'll be some other guys that want to play in bowl games that, uh, you know, they decide, hey, you know what, now that I've gone through and had a good trip, that's good. Are you familiar with South Carolina's transfers for 2024? Are you familiar with this? No? Yeah. 17. 17. Of course, their team, it's not going to be in a bowl game, right? So, you know, they, they got to flip the roster. And of course, some of those are walk-ons. You know, but by and large, it's pretty significant. And so I share that to provide some context for where Mississippi State stands right now. Because, again, to the casual fan, it feels like, well, things are just going nuts for us. They don't want to play for Jeff Labby. Well, actually, we hired Jeff Labby, and all of a sudden, a lot of this stuff began to calm down a little bit. And we're not going to be held hostage by a player, nor should we be, ever. No player, coach, administrator, university president, nobody is bigger than Mississippi State. Nobody. And certainly, you know, when you start thinking, well, we got a couple touchdowns here, you know. And we can always find reasons to kind of defend our narrative here. And if you're the kind of person that is always looking for something to be upset, you'll find it. You know, it's like, I don't know who wrote it. Perhaps it's biblical. I don't remember. But as a man seeks, so shall he find. If you're a person that is the eternal optimist, which is not always the best way to look at things, you think, oh, everything's going to be okay. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes we lose players and lose coaches that we can ill afford to lose. And there are other people out there, it's like all of a sudden you have a walk-on kicker go in the portal. and like, what the hell is going on? Are we even going to have a football team next year? And you didn't even know his name. But we go get on social media and we react negatively, and then what happens is you know, people use that against us. And one of the things that I would caution, too, is when guys goes in the, goes in the, go in the portal and you guys go get out there on Twitter, all you're doing is driving the price up for us. So any chance we got to get in the back in many respects is extinguished unless we want to go break the bank. Oh, please don't go. Please don't go. I get it. But when we go out there and we react so over the top about stuff, I don't think we fully appreciate kind of where we are. And there are, there's always somebody else out there attached to a lot of these kids, not all of them, but a lot of these kids that are trying to profit off these kids. It's like, hey, if I can get you an offer from this school, will you go in the portal? Well, yeah, if you can get me that and get an IL deal, I'll go. Okay, well, my cut's going to be this. And they'll go back to school, you know, brand school X and say, hey, you know, Steve Robertson's willing to go on the portal. It's going to take $25,000 to get him. And then they'll take $5,000 off the top and give the kid twenty. You know, that, that's, that's the world in which we live. And now it's all legal. 
we got to figure a way to get our arms around this thing and have some control. Because I don't like where we are in college athletics right now. And it's so difficult, too. It's like, remember when you were like, – like when Dak came along, right? You went out, you bought that Dak Prescott jersey, and you can still wear it. It's timeless, you know. But nowadays, you're almost scared to even go buy your kid a shirt with his favorite player's name on it because it may not be here next year. Yeah, no, no point in buying clothing that needs growing room because uh, that player may just grow right on out of here. And so I understand it's like the loyalty these days is not the players. The loyalty is to the institution and to the program. But we're in a bad place in college athletics. And again, Mississippi State's doing better at player retention right now than many other people on their same level in, in the conference. But it's going to be one of those deals, too. If we don't get our hands on this, this is going to be basically free agency every single year, every year, every year, every year. And it's so interesting, too. You go, look, we went through this last year, you know, with Xavion and Tulu. Tulu and Xavion both opt to come back. I mean, two guys both go in the portal, two come out. It's kind of a surprising deal, right? And, of course, with losing Ra-Ra, you almost had to kind of, you know, make a deal with the devil to get that thing done. I think now the fact that we're in a much better shape financially and the fact you brought in some new coaches that have relationships and players perhaps that uh, haven't been here in the past, I think it gives you a stronger bargaining position if you're Jeff Levy. You know, rather than have to sit there and you're like, oh, I mean, I've invested two, three years in this kid. I can't afford to lose him. It's like, okay, that's fine. I can go replace your two touchdowns with somebody else from Louisiana Tech who had seven. You know, and even if he takes a step back, Still better than what you offered me. You know, again, it's never a good thing when we lose players. But it's not about who you lose. It's what you replace them with. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse. It is an amazing property. I have toured the facility. I can give it the boneyard stamp of approval. Uh, be sure and check them out. You'll be glad you did. And um, if you're looking to bring a ton of people, ton of people, to Starkville. There's five bedrooms there. There's some huge common areas for you to kind of gather and rally and meet or recreate. It's amazing. Just five miles from the Mississippi State campus. You know where that Sprint Mart is right before you get to campus, right? You take that turn down by the Highlands and follow it on around. It's an amazing property. And the thing that I always think about when all this stuff begins to kind of bubble up is how does this benefit me? Well, I've got, you know, four kids and, you know, everybody's coupled up now and so everybody needs a little privacy when they come. They're not all just laying in the living room watching uh, movies together anymore. And so we can bring everybody under one roof. So instead of having to deal with that here, I think it's a good thing for us. And so whether you're looking to bring a large group of Starkville family-wise for a ball game weekend or maybe you're coming in for maybe the men and women are playing on back-to-back days, you want to make it a big event and have everybody meet or you're bringing a work crew into town, Rather than go get everybody an individual hotel room and waste a bunch of money on that, you can go rent this house. In addition to that, you can go stock it with groceries, with a real kitchen, rather than you know having to use a microwave and some you know frozen burrito that you bought at Walmart. You can have a real meal. There's no better place to stay than the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Google that and book through the Evolve website. And use promo code BSR10. That gets you free shipping. Excuse me, free shipping. That gets you 10% off. Free shipping, too. But 10% off. If you book through other, you know, 
hosting sites, you're on your own. But we can save you some money if you book through Evolve. Again, it's a Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Book through the Evolve website. Promo code BSR10. All right, the SEC office has now announced its uh, football awards. They will announce the SEC all-freshman team on Thursday. Probably a good chance that uh, our Kyle Ferry makes the team. We hope. We hope. But uh, it's interesting. This, you know, there's been multiple lists out there, right? You have the the head coaches. You have the media. Uh, So, so here we go. Uh, Individual football awards is voted on by the league's coaches. The coaches. Offensive player of the year. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. A lot of people have him as the Heisman frontrunner. You may not know this, but your good friend and host is also a Heisman voter. I'm not a Connolly voter, ironically enough, but I am a Heisman voter. And uh, I've already cast my vote for the Heisman Trophy. I can't reveal what that is until after the presentation uh, on Saturday. I have an article kind of explaining how I voted, why I voted, and kind of my thought process behind it. Defensive Player of the Year, according to um, the coaches, is uh, Dallas Turner from Alabama. It's always so interesting to me how that always works. Bookie Watson, better numbers in the same league. Special Teams Player of the Year, Will Reichard from Alabama. Freshman of the Year, Caleb Downs from Alabama. Scholar Athlete of the Year, Brady Cook from Missouri. Uh, The Jacobs Blocking Trophy goes to Cedric Van Pran of Georgia. It's a great name for an offensive lineman. And the Coach of the Year, it probably shouldn't come as a surprise. It's Eli Drinkwitz from Missouri. How could anybody kind of argue against that? And again, I thought Missouri was going to be up against it this year. I'm just going to say it for what it is. Say it for what it is. Now, we also uh, have had the SEC, all SEC football teams announced. Uh, first team, quarterback Jaden Daniels, she running back Cody Schrader from Missouri, Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss. And remember, he was banged up a little bit this year. Uh, wide receivers Malik Neighbors from LSU, Luther Burden III from Missouri, tight end Brock Bowers, should be no surprise there. Offensive lineman J.C. Latham from Alabama, Javon Foster from Missouri, Will Campbell from LSU, Tate Ratledge from Georgia, and again, Cedric Von Pran from Georgia, the center. Your all-purpose player was Anaya Smith from Texas A&M. I'm eager to see that guy graduate. Uh, defensive line, Darius Robinson from Missouri, James Pierce from Tennessee, Justin, I'm going to mispronounce it. I know I am. Obagobi from Alabama. Landon Jackson from Arkansas. Uh, linebackers, Edgerin Cooper from Texas A&M. Dallas Turner from Alabama. And Mississippi State's Bookie Watson with a first-team All-SEC selection. Defensive backs, Kool-Aid McIndustry from Alabama. Malachi Starks from Georgia. Chris Abrams-Drain from Missouri. Former Mississippi State recruit, Chris Abrams-Drain. Uh, Caleb Downs, of course, from Georgia, from Alabama, excuse me, Terion Arnold from Alabama, Will Riker, your place kicker from Alabama, Matthew Hayball from Vanderbilt, your first team punter, the return specialist, Anaya Smith from Texas A&M, kickoff specialist, Cam Lowell from Arkansas, the long snapper, Hunter Rogers from South Carolina, a tie with uh, Neyland Hibbert from Alabama, your second team offense, Carson Beck of Georgia, running back Ray Davis from Kentucky, Jarquez Hunter, a product of Neshoba Central High School from Auburn, wide receiver Brian Thomas from LSU, Xavier Leggett from South Carolina. Uh, they had three tight ends on the list. Caden Priestcorn from Ole Miss, Trey Knox from South Carolina, 
Rivaldo Fairweather from Auburn. Offensive line, Tyler Booker, Xavier Truss, Emory Jones, uh, Booker from Alabama, Truss from Georgia, Emory Jones from LSU, Layden Robinson from A&M. Center was Eli Cox from Kentucky. All-purpose player was Barry and Brown from Kentucky. He's a, a handful. On the defense for the second team, it's Mikel Williams, Georgia, Nazir Stackhouse from Georgia, Princely Uman Malin, I'm trying, Florida, Shamar Turner from Texas A&M, linebackers, Harold Perkins, LSU, Smell Mondin, Georgia, Tyron Hopper, Missouri. So once again, Judd Johnson, despite the fact that he's among the league leaders, again, doesn't get picked. Uh, defensive back Maxwell Hairston from Kentucky, Jalen Simpson from Auburn, Taki Smith, Georgia, Kamari Lasseter, Georgia. Place kicker Harrison Mevis from Missouri. Punter James Burnup from Alabama, Max Fletcher from Arkansas, who is a freak. Return specialist Barry and Brown from Kentucky. Kickoff specialist Will Raggard. Long snapper Wesley Schelling from Vandy. So Vanderbilt, more players on the list than Mississippi State. Mississippi State only gets Bookie Watson on the list. Uh, so there you go. And uh, that's typically how it goes. When you don't win, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. When you win, you get the benefit of the doubt. But typically you win because you've got the better players. So it kind of works all hand in hand there. Uh, but that's where we are. And that's what, uh, you know, the, the year is over. So we'll add Bookie Watson to, uh, you know, our list of honorees on the board. Uh, you know, pretty amazing career for him. And I, and I, I go back to this, guys. Man, the very first practices he had at Mississippi State, I didn't know that he was going to make it. And I know there's some other people out there that reported how great he was doing in practice, and that, I'm going to just tell you that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. And I don't say that to cast doubts at their reporting. It's to pay tribute to how far Bookie Watson's come. Guys, as a freshman, Bookie was behind some walk-ons in drills. And now – in some people's eyes, he's the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. That guy has worked his tail off. He wanted to be a receiver in college. Did you know that? Even though he was committed to Mississippi State, he continued to take visits, hoping to get an opportunity to play receiver somewhere. He never got it, stuck with Mississippi State, and he's had an incredible all-SEC career at linebacker. And, again, that's a testament to him and to his coaches that have developed him because when we brought in Aaron Brule and Jed Johnson and Bookie Watson – as freshmen as a group, and we said, man, this is going to be a really good group. Buki was well behind those guys. He was a better athlete, but he was so unsure of himself. He just didn't have the knowledge of playing the position and really committed himself to being a better player. And Mississippi State benefited from Buki Watson being here and uh, wish his senior year had gone better. But uh, now I think Buki's in a position now that he will uh, – probably be a mid-round draft pick by somebody and have an opportunity to go play pro football for money for a little while. So uh, that's where we stand. Listen, if you hadn't done so, go to um, go to StarkVillains.com and get the uh, Stark Villains gear. You can get T-shirts and hoodies there. And uh, any Boneyard listeners on your list would probably appreciate that. They probably don't even have it on their wish list. And they would be like, once they get it, oh, I can't believe you got it. They're super cool, for sure. Uh, of course, go to winningbottomfalls.com to order the new book, and all my sports books are there. In addition to that, we're running a 60% off special with Gene's page right now uh, for Transfer Portal Palooza. You can come be a part of that. It feels like we've been running promotions forever, but uh, we've got an all-time record in subscriptions right now. Uh, our views are up. Our revenue's up. It's a record year at jeanspage.com. Uh, matter of fact, we've, we hit our all-time high in revenue 
at the end of November. So, we, so December is just a bonus month for us. It's already a record year with a month to go. Uh, so come be a part of the party over at jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. And uh, listen, I wish you guys the best, man, this Christmas. I know it, it gets stressful. It's one of those things that um, you, you never know if you've got enough money to, to buy all the things you want for the people you love. Uh, so I just encourage you, be smart about what you do. Put some thought into it. Don't just throw money at them. Uh, try to do, buy a gift that's got some thought behind it. And uh, I'll do the same here. I, you know, my, my Christmas, in many respects, is um, you know, writing this book, but also to uh, you know, open a new business. And so that's where a lot of our focus is. Um, and we're excited about it. And uh, we want you to come be a part of it and experience it for yourself. Again, that's True Rest Starkville on Facebook. And again, the wife has a little BOGO deal out there and a chance to get a free float. Uh, so go check her out on Facebook, True Rest Starkville. And if you need information, just email her at robertson at truerest.com. Uh, Listen, we thank you so much for your support over the years. And I appreciate your subscriptions and your attention and all the books. Man, you guys have made my life so wonderful. Uh, I'm just a guy from South Mississippi, man, who loves Mississippi State. And it's been so good to be able to cover the team that I care about the most for the people that I care about the most. I wish you guys a great week. We'll be back with you on Friday. Hopefully we'll be finished uh, completing this staff, and then we'll we'll preview the official visit weekend. We've already got, I think, 16, 17 names already on the list uh, for official visits. I expect that number to grow to over 20. I, I think that you're going to see that probably in the next day or so. we got to make some plans. But uh, be a big official visit weekend this weekend and next weekend. Next thing you know, we're signing players. Two weeks from today, we'll be signing players. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.